Mike Lyle, professor at Quinnipiac University and sports reporter for Connecticut and Massachusetts. And you're listening to the best podcast on the internet, the Pro Sports Podcasters. Welcome all sports fans. On this podcast, no sport is left behind. I'm Justin Williams. I'm Coberta Ron, and this is our brother from Down Under, me Wallace Bruce. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, filling you in on the latest news from the world of sports. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm here with me, Wallace Bruce, and as promised, we're going to talk some fantasy football. And what are we going to go over today? A little something different, right? No doubt about it, Cope, because, look, we're in August right now. It's draft season, and I get it. You're going to be bombarded with tips and picks here and there, early round this, sleep for that, (laughs) but ADP over there. Well, we don't do that around here. Here at PSP, we're going to give you something that is actionable and useful at the end of your draft. Because, let's face it, the first two or three rounds of chalk, you know what you're getting. It doesn't matter whether you go two RBs or two wide receivers. It's the end of the draft. That's where you build your roster. That's where you take your team from good to great. That's where you get the help early on and during the bye week. So that's exactly what we're going to cover, actually, Cope. The fast start players that have a good start with their schedule. That you who you can, don't have to draft early on. Who you can pick up late when you're in that sort of gray area of anybody really counts. Although some can have early benefit to you. And that's what we're looking at. Because let's be completely honest here. Once you have your starting rotation drafted. Your bench players do not come into play unless somebody gets injured early or we reach the bye weeks. So last year, that would have been Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barker. I believe it was week one, week two. They were done. I got burned by Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. (laughs) Dak Prescott. I know that was week four, week five, but that's still early on in the piece. These are guys that are the fulcrum of your team. They hold a lot of the points in terms of projections. So when they go down, you need to go running to get someone. Or do you? Exactly. Because you may actually have the answer already on your roster. But more importantly, you could have somebody else's answer already on your roster. Because let's be honest again, it's not like you're drafting guys hoping they get hurt in the first few weeks. You're drafting guys hoping they're going to last you all the way through the season. Now, unfortunately, that isn't the case for everyone. And more often than not, In the first three weeks, you've got three or four managers in your particular draft that are going, ah, shit, my guy went down. Who has the answer? We're going to tell you how to pick early answers. Now, again, these are guys that could pop early and have additional value much greater than where you draft them. Mm -hmm. And that's what's key to it. And in order to identify these guys, you first have to identify the teams that have very favorable schedules in the first four weeks of the season. We've gone through and done that for you. There we go. So I think we have to start off with Carolina, the Carolina Panthers. I know they got whacked last year, but one of the benefits of getting whacked the previous season is that you get an easier schedule. You're bottom of the division, <laughs> no one really cares about you, but that means you play everyone else who finished bottom of their division, and it's typically a weaker schedule. So Carolina has a 
pretty good start. And as a bonus, this particular season with Carolina, they've made some some really significant moves in the offseason. So they may be significantly better than their finish last year. We don't know yet. But with this start, it's looking pretty good. Let's go over the teams they play in weeks one through four. Yeah, so just, just on that, Carolina, just to remind you, they've picked up Sam Donald from New York, and he's lining up with Robbie Anderson, who he played with at Meadowlands. And had success with. And Anderson is also a disciple of Matt Rule, the head coach, from his time at Temple. So there's that corollary there. Now, in terms of the schedule, it's looking pretty sweet for the first four weeks. <laughs> so let's get into it. Week one, Jets. Revenge game. Revenge right? narrative. You, you talk about wanting to get out <laughs> to a great start. And this ties in for a couple of players that we've actually identified. We've already mentioned one. Right. At the top of our list of players to grab late who should get off to a great start is Robbie Anderson. Okay? And we've already gone with the revenge game, mm-hmm. New York Jets. What's the second game of the season? New Orleans Saints, week two. And you might be saying to yourself, oh, it's the Saints. That's a, that's a pretty significant opponent. But it is it really? We have no clue. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it's not and it's not about the offense. That's one thing. That's one thing they got to deal with is the defense because their secondary has been decimated. Patrick Robinson, the cornerback, just retired. We don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they trade Michael Thomas to Stephon Gilmore or something. But right now, their cornerback's are pretty weak. And that's a team that if you're going to throw on, you want to throw on them early in the season before they make a play for someone. And I don't expect them to dominate the time of possession like they have in the past with either of the quarterbacks they have available to them. Mm-hmm. So this looks like a very good matchup in Week 2 for Carolina. Week 3? Week 3. Jackpot. The Houston Texans. <laughs> Jackpot. That's right. That's right. Go ahead and place your early bets now on who's going to win that game because I'm feeling pretty confident that Carolina can come out and not only win that game, but dominate that game. You've got an entirely different roster in Houston. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head who half the players are that are playing there right now. Who knows who's starting? Yeah, they're they're a bad, bad lineup. They're pretty rough, and I think they could potentially go 0-17. So... The Panthers, they're going to feast that. It's a Thursday night game as well, so it's a short week. They're going to feast in that matchup. I think it's you that actually told me that Vegas is already offering odds on the 0-17 season for Houston. That tells you how legitimate that that statement is. Mm -hmm. So again, I mean, Robbie Anderson, (laughs) come on now. Who's going to cover him? You you might, by week three, want to put him in your lineup over somebody you drafted early. That's how good it looks for Robbie Anderson right now. So imagine in week three or week four, somebody else's wide receiver goes down. Someone's wide receiver one gets hurt. They look at the stats that Anderson has generated through the first three weeks, and they're going to come knocking on your door, and you're going to get great value for him. And maybe you might say to yourself, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to give him up. Look at his numbers. You do want to give him up. There's a reason why you drafted him late. And as the season goes on, it's not going to be so easy. And who do they face in week four? Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so Dan Quinn is this, – this is interesting because Dan Quinn was the Atlanta coach, head coach, and he got fired. He's now in Dallas. So Carolina will probably have a rough idea of how to deal with him defensively in terms of how he schemes the defense. And – Cowboys haven't really done much to address the defense. I know they dropped Michael Parsons, but he's a linebacker. Sure, he might stop the run. He might tackle CMC a few times. But the secondary is still rough. 
and that is a team you can throw on. The Pittsburgh Steelers rough them up in the Hall of Fame weekend. It's not looking good in Dallas. They're going to have to throw to keep up with teams. They just look like a team that are going to get beaten. It's going to be a race. It's going to be a track meet. And that's exactly what you want in fantasy. You want teams that are racing each other for a win. They're just piling points on against poor defenses. And that's exactly what you're getting in that game. I want to throw in an honorable mention here. This isn't one of our top guys to target late. But as an honorable mention, in case you're in, say, maybe a super flex league, where you've got the option of starting two quarterbacks, Sam Darnold looks pretty good with the schedule as well. He's not a bad quarterback. Try to erase what happened in, in, in New York because the Jets were just a poor organization with really nothing around him. Now he's got maybe a much better organization, better pieces around him, a favorable start to the season. If you can pick up Sam Darnold cheap later on in a draft in a super flex, somebody gets a key injury to a quarterback, that's another guy you might be able to deal for good money. No doubt. And another honorable mention, after the Cowboys... Panthers get the Philadelphia Eagles, who, in case you haven't heard... <laughs> now we're in the week five. We're in the week five. They, they are not looking good. Jalen Hurts is not having a good training camp, and it's not his fault because, quite frankly, they haven't given him the weapons to work with. Devonta Smith is injured. This is a team <laughs> that will be defending to save their lives. And in case you haven't forgotten, they're from the NFC East. Apart from Washington, defenses aren't very good from that division. First five weeks are good. If you're in a tight end premium league... Take a look at Dan Arnold. He's going to be catching passes from Sam Donald, who was just mentioned. He is a converted wide receiver. He knows how to catch already. He'll be slept on in your draft, but if you need a tight end and you miss out on the big three or four, that's a name to look out for late in your draft. Yeah, I'm sold, man. I'm tempted to, to draft Robbie Anderson earlier than you should, but I want to stress right now that don't do that, okay? Don't do that. These are players that will fall. I've seen Robbie Anderson go undrafted in some PPR leagues and such. So these are guys that fall toward the end of the draft, and you can get them dirt cheap, and they have very favorable starts that can make them extremely attractive to others or a necessary replacement for yourself if somebody goes down. Now let's get into the next team that we've identified that's got a great schedule starting out. It's your team, Cope. The Denver Broncos. Yep, (laughs) the monsters of Mile High. So, take us through that. Okay, so something you got to keep in mind here. So, the first two teams we've mentioned, there's question marks with these teams. Mm. There's questions. They both have questions at quarterback. People either love or hate Drew Locke. They've got Bridgewater as a backup. We know where he just came from. The other team we mentioned. So, Mm -hmm. you don't really know what's going on there. But what you do know with these teams is they're going to have to throw the ball. Mm. They're going to have to make moves. They're going to have to race other teams. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, there's fantasy potential, especially against weaker opponents. And how does it begin? Speaking of weak opponents, (laughs) Joe Judge and the New York Giants. Now, let me catch you off on the preseason so far. Three Giants players have already retired. Why? Because Joe Judge believes in making his players run when they do the wrong thing. He's bringing in those college rules, that college mentality, and the pros, they're just not here for it. So, you have a dysfunctional franchise, you have a quarterback who's on the bubble, and Daniel Jones. Best yet. player on the team is still coming back from injury. Saquon Barkley, we don't even know if he's going to be good to go yet. Denver are going to be starting off their season right. Because they get Von Miller back from injury, Bradley Chubb in the mix. <laughs> they, they franchise tag Justin Simmons and have Kareem Jackson in the secondary. 
even if they lose the ball with Drew Locke, they'll get it back real quick with that defense. Real quick. They have the best secondary in football. I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. They literally have the best secondary in football. They're going to be very hard to throw against. They're going to be even more difficult to run against because of the bookends they've got at edge. I'm telling you right now, Denver's going to have a lot of possessions. And that means... Fantasy points. Rushing carries <laughs> from my guy, Javante Williams. Now, me has been beating the drum for Javante Williams all offseason. And I can't say I blame him. I still think Melvin Gordon begins the season as the number one. But we're gonna, I'm going to say 1A. I think this will be a 1A, 1B situation mm-hmm. for at least half the season. And then it may switch to one of them taking over depending on their performances. And Melvin Gordon has shown in the past that he's good but not great. So I do lean toward Javante Williams as well. The thing here is because Melvin Gordon is being touted as the number one, Javante Williams keeps falling in drafts. Uh You're not going to get him as late as as a Robbie Anderson. But when you're getting him, you're getting what should be maybe a RB2 potential, especially early on in the season, from an RB3 or RB4 pick. What is The point is you're getting value, right? So everyone would love to get an RB1 at RB2 value or an RB2 at RB3 price. That's that's what we're doing here. We're drafting... An RB2 and an RB4 price. There we go. Someone <laughs> right. is going to pop later on, and then when your league mates run into you looking for running back, because running back is the most scarce position in fantasy. And running back gets hurt more than any other position. Wear and tear, you can just say, hey, I'm going to have Javante Williams, but I'm going to have this, 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 and this. You can pick whatever you want from that team when they come to you. Because RB is the most valuable position. And if you've got someone who's popped, who's really spiked, and he's got a lot of headlines in the first few weeks, which we expect is going to happen, you've got serious trade value or, once again, a necessary replacement if you need it. So who do they play in week two? Kobe. They get the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tim Tebow <laughs> revenge game. Wait, does Jacksonville still have a team? Allegedly. <laughs> they do, though, because they got Trevor Lawrence. So we're talking about a rookie quarterback facing Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. I have a feeling we're going to see some some sacks. Oh, yes. Maybe some fumbles. And a lot of possession for Denver in that game as well. Yep. And something that Denver likes to do is run the ball in order to drag in defenses and open up the back end for some of their speedsters, of which they have many, but one of which goes very unnoticed because he doesn't get the hype Jerry Judy does. He doesn't have the hype Cortland Sutton has coming back. Hmm. And who's that? KJ Hamler. And if you remember last season, there were a few games that KJ Hamler just went off. Okay, he just went off. And that's with Drew Locke, a quarterback. That's with this questionable quarterback mm-hmm. that they have. Uh-huh. So I expect to see K.J. Hamler have some pretty big stat lines in the first few weeks of the season. No doubt about it, because Jacksonville, they still have a reasonable secondary. They have one or two guys like C.J. Henderson. And even if Judy or Sutton get taken out by the elite cornerback, that opens up Hamler to take some of those uh, targets away. Yeah, and do what he does. He's a speedster. He is fast. Mm. Okay, and he can go unnoticed on that offense because they have so many elite weapons. Mm -hmm. This is a guy you can get extremely late, extremely, and just make out like a bandit if things go the way you want them to in the first few weeks. Speaking of the first few weeks, who's week three? 
there's a theme here that you'll notice through this video, but it's the Jets. Once again, the New York Football Jets. And how good things are going down there. Yeah, they got a new coach, which may change things, but it's going to take time for Robert Sala's defense to get into the groove, and Denver will feast, I expect, in the first three weeks against Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson went 12 for 27 against the number one defense last week on their training day, so it's not looking too good there either. He's not coming around too quickly. He's got time still, so let's not you know close the book on him yet, but let's be honest, he's going to be facing one of the best defenses in football. The offense, again, is going to have a, going to have a heyday. They're going to have a lot of possession here. Right. A lot of opportunity to make the guys we've already mentioned go off. And I guess most importantly, their defense is not good. Is not good. I know CJ Mosley's come back from an opt-out, but Robert Salah has his hands full. I don't know if he's going to have to run out there and do a few snaps on defense, but that is a team that will be taken advantage of, especially when it comes to the, the tight ends. That linebacker core is not good. And I expect Denver's big bodies, guys like Northland, Albert Okwe, Boonham, they're going to get those short yardage targets and they're going to bust through because CJ Mosley just one linebacker. The other guys, they got their work cut out. Big time, big time. And honestly, we can stop there, okay? That's three weeks of just perfect matchups to start the season. That's enough to build hype for one or two players on that team that maybe got overlooked. Mm. And we've already thrown out a bunch of names there. But, I I mean, Noah Fant generally goes a little bit early. He's considered sort of a second tier of tight ends. So mm-hmm. you're not going to get him really, although he might be targetable for you if you miss out on the top guys. But I do like Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. And I really like K.J. Hamler in these matchups. I have a feeling at least one of those games he's going to have a huge stat line. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pro.sports.podcasters for the most current sports news. Now back to the show. Let's move on to our next team we identified. Yeah, so it is Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills. And here's where things get a little different, right? We're talking about a, a top-tier team. Right. Super Bowl contenders. Right? This is legit. This isn't some, like, you know, bottom of the the division type team. This is a team that's picked to potentially challenge Kansas City for the AFC crown. Mm-hmm. So getting someone off this team has long-term value. Mm-hmm. But for the short term, it could be huge. No doubt. So how does it begin? Now, this will surprise people, but it's actually better than, in my opinion, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is a team that is in transition. Pittsburgh, aren't they a defensive powerhouse? Isn't that their game? In the 70s, they were, yes. Yeah, that's something that people have a hard time letting go of. Pittsburgh is no longer the defensive powerhouse they used to be. Pittsburgh is a team that really needs to race teams to win. They are a quick strike offense with a power running game. I mean, that's kind of what they've decided to build with. Mm. And they've had to go that way because their defense just doesn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. So one problem with that power running game is they cut offensive lineman David Castro in the offseason. And they didn't really address that position in the draft or through free agency. So... Now, unless Najee Harris is going to be this all-world supreme blocker in addition to running back, they're going to give up sacks. They're going to give up the ball. They're not going to be pretty on offense. Buffalo are the kind of team that will get the ball back and will control the clock to their running game. Correct. They're a very strong running game in, in Buffalo, and that leads us to one of the players we, we've actually identified. Now, this is a guy who's been disrespected, I think, in fantasy because of what happened last year. I know 
is a guy that some people will wince when I say the name, but Devin Singletary is still very relevant in your drafts. And someone might say, oh, do not draft this player. That, that's horseshit, you know. Just don't draft him early. But what we're saying through this video is these are players you should be looking at late, towards the back end of your draft. And I, I can guarantee that Devin Singletary will fall down your... your draft board. Yeah, he'll fall down the draft board because folks are saying, oh, that guy... Oh. Him, but he, he he's does, not the man there anymore. He has a role, right? He has a role. He's going to chew up clock. They're going to feed him the ball. He's a three-down back. Mm-hmm. Zach Moss is not a three-down back. Zach Moss is a complimentary back. This is a guy who's going to get the ball, especially against a team like the Steelers, who may be deceptive this season. Yeah, and I mean, Devin Singletary has had some real success in fantasy. People may have forgotten that because mm-hmm. of how he gets treated sometimes in Buffalo. But he's had some real success, and he will fall. I agree with you. Mm. He gets to that point where, you know, do I take Devin Singletary or do I take Jamal Williams? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's, it's, the, it's those kind of <laughs> I things. Should I that. take Giovanni <laughs> Bernard or should I take Devin Singletary? Gio he Bernard. falls to these positions where it's a gift, really. You should be grabbing him. And in this case, you're getting an additional bonus, and that is starting four games are quite favorable. So what's game two? It is the Dolphins of Miami, a divisional battle. It is down in Miami. So hopefully they don't go partying the night before because the (laughs) Miami flu can be a thing. But this team wants a championship, so I feel like they'll be focused. And we don't know what's up with Tua. I know that's probably been under the radar this season, but we don't know if Tua's the guy. We don't really. We don't. So, again, Buffalo could go in in the same way that they're going against Big Ben in week one. They could bash up the quarterback, get the ball, and control clock. And that's something you want to do when you're away. Mm-hmm. Running against a, a home team is a thing. The last thing you want to do is keep giving the ball back, whether you score or not, to the home team to allow the crowd to get involved. Mm. When you grind out the clock running the game, it takes the crowd completely out of the game and almost switches the advantage to you. Mm -hmm. So I expect both of the Buffalo running backs to get utilized in that game. Also, I think this is a game where you can look at the short yardage situations. Miami are pretty ferocious with their pass rush, but I feel like they can be had in the passing game. We don't know if Xavier now will be there when season comes around. It seems like they're going to sign a new deal with him, but who knows? He might get traded. Anyway, outside of him, you can throw on them. And with that, I think we need to talk about the talented Emmanuel Sanders. This is a guy who's played, feels like everywhere. Mm. And anywhere he goes, he has success. He's a phenomenal route runner. Okay? Phenomenal. Which means he'll fit in right away. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take him long to figure out the playbook in Buffalo. Okay? It's not that, <laughs> it's not that advanced <laughs> when it comes right down to it. But I really like him as a complimentary piece to Stefan Diggs. Mm. And because he switched teams once again, he's getting slept on. People have forgotten about him. There are a lot of people who still see him either as a Denver Broncos cast mm-hmm. off or 49ers cast off. Like, oh, yeah, that guy, he didn't make it there. He didn't make it there. Take a look back at those seasons. He made it everywhere. Everywhere he's gone, he's had success. Mm-hmm. And now he gets a top team. With a strong offensive line that can buy his quarterback time. Mm. He runs a great route tree. I mean, come on. Emmanuel Sanders is falling way too far in drafts for you to ignore. Yeah, and you have to think in that matchup that Xavier Nowd 
if he's on the roster, he, he takes digs. That's, That's right. going to open up Sanders for opportunities for sure. So after that, week three, the Bills take on the football team of Washington. <laughs> the, the football team of Washington. The D.C. Rivera's. Now, this one's a little off, though, because Washington has a solid defense, okay? Mm. They have a solid defense. So, this could be a bit of a grinder game. I still like Devin Singletary in mm. this one. Emmanuel, uh, not, maybe not so much. But again, we're just talking about the first few weeks here. I want to skip past Washington onto week four, and who do they get there? Well, there's another running thing with this video. The Houston Texans, jackpot. Jackpot! <laughs> jackpot! <laughs> right? You're going to see some big stat lines here. This is going to be a great game to showcase the skills of practically every single player on the Buffalo roster. If you got digs, you're laughing, mm-hmm. right? You're like, oh man, week four, that's an auto win. I don't care who my opponent has. Diggs is going to roll for 30, 40 points this week. But so is Devin Singletary. These are games that can get out of control. These are games where in the fourth quarter, they say, you know what? We should start sitting all of our starters, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> And we'll let Devin Singletary carry the ball. We'll, we'll make Emmanuel the number one. Like, these things happen because you know this is a long season, longer even than ever before. You do not want to risk your marquee players in a game that's gotten out of control. It's already in the pocket. You've got the W. You're not going to traipse out Josh Allen, <laughs> Stephon Diggs, and those guys when you have very serviceable backups that can do the job and carry the load. I can see it happening in a number of these games. Yeah, and just with the Texans, they don't have J.J. Watt, so you already know that that means that frees up the tight end a little bit more. Maybe the tight end might have been asked to help out with blocking. Yeah, we've got one more team to talk about, and this is a team that gets a favorable schedule by total fluke, and it's Nee's favorite team, so I let Nee start it off. The faithful are back. The 49ers of San Francisco, we're coming back this season, baby. We're going from zero to hero. Remember remember 2019 <laughs> when we made the Super Bowl after having Jimmy Garoppolo get injured and we finished bottom of the division? It's happening again. Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. We finished bottom of the division. It wasn't just Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I, it was okay. everybody. Bosa, everyone. George Kittle. George Kittle. <laughs> the Any, whole team went down. Most of the running backs, I think every running back was injured at some point. Doesn't matter. They're all back, they're all healthy, and they dropped some new blood. So And they get a fourth-place schedule. Yeah. And it begins at the very start of the season against a perennial failure, the Detroit Lions. Yep. So when your head coach is talking about biting kneecaps and whatnot, <laughs> yeah, that's a worry. And that's, that is not someone who's going to be focusing on the right details, in my humble opinion. And Kyle Shanahan is going to pull apart that defense. I don't care what Detroit comes up with. They're getting smoked week one. And this is when, once again, when you have a good defense, you get the ball back. What do we do? We control the clock with our running backs. Correct. So this is where we need to look at Trey Sermon. I know a lot of people are going to look at Raheem Mostert. But Kyle Shanahan, he runs his offense in the sense that it doesn't matter how he's feeling. He doesn't have one running back. He has two or three to choose from. Sermon's going to get fed in the first few weeks of the season. He's someone you need to look at. Yeah, he likes to use all his running backs if possible, and then he goes with the hot hand. At some point, the sermon's going to have the hot hand. Interesting take here, but I've actually noticed in a couple of drafts that some people have been jumping on sermon early. Mm. Maybe it's just some hype that's come out of training camp, Mm. or you get those people that are always fixated on rookies and what they might do. 
So there have been a few drafts where he goes early, mm. and I've actually seen him go ahead of Mostert at times. But both of those running backs can be had for pretty good value. Okay, They're kind of falling down boards because people don't really know who's number one, who's number two. Sure, these aren't super late round picks, mm. but you can generally get them later than some of the other running backs that are available. Mm. And they have a very favorable schedule, especially to begin with, but all season long because they finished last in their division. These are guys that are valuable. Right. So with that in mind, after Detroit, the 49ers face the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philly Eagles. Real dumpster fires of Philadelphia. <laughs> this is a team, as we said before, we, they, they don't know that what their offense is going to be like. And quite frankly, that is fancy goal because that means our position is going to feast. They'll get the ball back on defense and they're going to run the clock. Who is on the Philly defense that's going to stop them? You name someone. I don't have anyone. <laughs> you don't have anyone. The linebackers are awful. The secondaries can be thrown on. Philly's garbage. Okay, let's be honest. Philly is garbage. It's it's a sad thing to see considering they won the Super Bowl not too long ago. Well, they fired the coach who helped them to get there and they <laughs> traded away both quarterbacks. So, But it's good for you. If you draft San Francisco 49er players, there we go. Late in the draft. So it's a bonus. And what are we get in week three? So we get the Green Bay Packers. So there's one thing with these two teams, the Eagles and the Packers, they can both be run on because they have a relatively weak linebacking core. So that's good for Trey Sermon. It's also good for Debo Samuel because Shanahan likes to use him in those uh, end arounds. So that's right. Or quick slants. Mm-hmm. Right? Very quick release short passes that are practically runs. <laughs> okay? Right. So it looks good for Debo as well. And Debo gets slept on. Big. Yeah. Cause right? The number one receiver is George Kittle, undoubtedly. They have yeah. Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk gets a lot of hype. But Debo Samuel, he's going to get that that secondary or the third. And again, this is a player that if you look at look throughout history, you look back in the day, he's, he's had some great stat lines. Uh-huh. This is a guy that pops at times. He can go off for huge numbers and against weak defenses, the opportunity is there. That's what's up. What's next? Now, this one, this one you will like. It's, they get the Seahawks. So that could be a track meet. That could be like a, remember that Sunday night game a couple of seasons ago? That's right. So it's, it's funny. I think when the Seahawks and the 49ers meet, it's always a tight, close game, mm. right? And it's offense dominated. Mm. It's a very offensive, very close game. It always goes down the wire, but that's good. That's a good thing, especially if you've got a player who's getting additional looks because everyone gets involved in those games. Mm-hmm. It's never a one-on-one thing because they're very good at kind of removing each other's main threat. Mm-hmm. It's always about the secondary players in those games. Seattle's a very good team. You look at them on a, a schedule and think, oh, that's a tough game. Mm. But it's not a tough game because it's going to be finishing 10-7. to 7. Right. It's a tough game because whoever has last possession wins. Because Pete Carroll likes to run the ball on offense, and Kyle Shanahan likes to run the ball on offense. That's right. This is how they run. There's a lot of yards to be had in those games, and you're going to have a player that, can potentially pop, especially if they're a secondary player uh-huh. in one of those games. Again, we're, we're talking about a <laughs> a last-place schedule. Uh-huh. The, the, I mean, I am targeting 49ers players late in drafts uh-huh. because of that last-place schedule. I have a tendency to target anyone who has a last-place schedule <laughs> late in drafts. I don't really play favorites. You shouldn't play favorites in fantasy 
So all we're doing here is highlighting a few teams and a few players that you can get late that can maybe make it mm. for you, especially early, or allow you to steal a marquee player in trade, depending on how they come out of the gates. And they could come out of the gates fast. So let's just go over the players we've identified. Sure. Our top group of players here. We, st- we already listed Robbie Anderson, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders. Mm. Trey Sermon, Noah Fan. We got Javante Williams, Debo Samuel, KJ Hamler, and Devin Singletary. So these are key positions running backs, wide receivers. We gave an honorable mention to Sam Darnold. Mm. I think you can give an honorable mention to whoever starts for San Francisco. Yep. <laughs> okay, just, just throw that out there. Mm. I actually think you can give an honorable mention to whoever starts for Denver. Yeah, Teddy right? B. Teddy Could B. be Teddy B. Teddy B has proven that he's a capable quarterback. He's a very capable quarterback. And he's never had the weapons that he has in Denver. Yeah. I give Teddy Bridgewater a huge pass for last season. Mm-hmm. Who did he have to throw to? Mm. Nobody. Absolutely <laughs> okay. nobody. Nobody. He had no one. So you cannot look at what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. I still think there's a good chance Drew Locke starts the season, but it'll be a very short leash. Very short. So, again, these are quarterbacks that you could maybe take a flyer on, especially if you're in a super flex league. No doubt. And don't forget the ball travels further at altitude in Denver. Now, something I want to mention before we go is, if you haven't yet, Click the link to join our newsletter because me and I are writing fantasy football articles every week during the offseason and then every other week during the season about things you can take advantage of in your fantasy football league. There we go. So make sure you subscribe and be part of the action. Your team will be better for it. Get on that newsletter. We got some great information. If you weren't a member already we actually released a couple articles what i'm going to do is i'm going to reprint those for the next couple of weeks i'm going to add them to the end of the newsletter just so anyone joining now can get the benefit that we've already provided to our previous newsletter subscribers see you then take care